Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Happy football season. Coulter Nuana, SkylineSportsMT.com, coming to you. I guess about a week out from opening day for both Montana and Montana State. Uh, we're happy to be back. Year nine, covering the Big Sky Conference at Skyline Sports. And uh, this will be year 17 for me. That's crazy. I, I think that means I'm finally old. 36, you know, here we go. So uh, I think it's going to be a fun year. I know college football at large is just cratering, evolving, whatever you want to call it. In a decent spot, at least for right now, in the Big Sky Conference. And uh, I think Montana, Montana State have to capitalize on this time. What a better time to make runs at national championships before maybe this level of football or a playoff system in general that's available for teams at this level. I don't know. We'll see how it all falls, uh, how all the chips may fall, but wild times. But I think this Big Sky football season is going to be great. So we're rolling out this series of podcasts. Some of the best in the business uh, in covering uh, both Montana and Montana State. So uh, we talked to our old buddy Kyle Sample, longtime contributor at Skyline Sports. Went through just some of the ins and outs of the uh, DUI cases at Montana State. How do you report on those cases, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, now we're going to just have various people that cover uh, these teams sort of on the beat, right? So to, to next up on our Big Sky Media Series featuring various uh, people that cover the Big Sky Conference. We got another one of MTN's finest, Kyle Hansen. Uh, he has been on quite a journalism journey. I first met him when he was at the Billings Gazette as a, a sports writer, and then he moved to Missoula, worked at the Missoulian for a while, uh, then got a job at KPAX as sort of a multimedia journalist. They taught him how to be on camera. Uh, he's been anchoring, shooting highlights, and he still writes a bunch too. So a guy that's uh, multifaceted and uh, has done a great job covering the Grizz. And then last year he was the sidelines guy for the MTN broadcast as well. So got to be in on like the first year of, of launching that coverage. So uh, that's an interesting story. And uh, MTN was able to send a team out to UFC 292 pretty recently. Uh, and that included Kyle Hansen. So he was there to watch Sean O'Malley uh, score a second round knockout over Aljo Sterling. What a moment. Uh, of course, Sean O'Malley from Helena, Montana. So uh, deep Montana ties and uh, pretty cool. UFC bantamweight champion of the world is from Helena, Montana. So um, cool moment in Montana sports history for sure. And Kyle got to be there. So we talked about that a little bit and then uh, dove into the Grizz. Uh, I think we both agree uh, that like a lot of years, like most years, the Grizz have a chance to be good. And I think that they, I think there's some factors that go into, which we get into in, in this podcast. I think they have an opportunity to maybe even be better than they were a year ago. Uh, last year was definitely a disappointing year for Montana. But there's a lot of things that point towards I think they could be a lot better. We get into a lot of that as well. So here you go, Kyle Hansen, here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Blackfoot Communications is excited to announce new voice services for small businesses in Missoula. Paired with our internet services, business Wi-Fi, and technical support, your business can stay connected to your employees, customers, and communities around the clock. Sign up for services in less than two minutes at goblackfoot.com slash more than voice. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications is the official digital sponsor of Grizzly Athletics. Well, this is fun. I always love when we have new guests here on the Big Sky Breakdown, and uh, we are continuing our series, highlighting various people that cover, analyze, break down, follow, all of that, Big Sky Conference football. Start with a pretty Montana-heavy angle here. 
uh, at Skyline Sports. The uh, season openers for both Montana and Montana State are on September 2nd, so that's coming down the pipe. And uh, guy I've worked alongside for a really long time, but his first time on the podcast, Kyle Hansen joining us here, uh, recording this at the uh, ESPN MT studio here in Missoula. Uh, Kyle worked at, over there at KPAX and as uh, a sideline guy for Grizz football, so if you recognize the name, it's because you see him looking dapper on the sidelines all the time. How you doing, man? You get some sleep. You're back from Boston, finally. Yeah, great to be here. Thank you so much, Coulter, for having me on. Um, yeah, finally got a chance to sleep for about 12 hours last night, recover from the Sean O'Malley Marathon in Boston at UFC 292. Tons of fun. Really thankful they sent myself and Tom Wiley over there, and uh, what a moment. What a moment for Montana oh, sports. Such a Mont- We've been talking about this a lot the last, even leading up to the fight and then after the fight, too. Sean O'Malley, at the same time, is certainly the biggest athlete right now in the world from Montana. For sure, yeah. I mean, he, he's also arguably the biggest name in fighting, period, yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, yet, because he didn't have, like, this legendary Montana high school sports career, I mean, the guy basically just decided I'm going to be a pro fighter and started training to be a pro fighter when he was, like, in high school and then had, like, a couple fights in Montana and then has just lived in Arizona for the last 10 years. So it's so weird because I feel like on a national and a global sca- stage, all the people Huge. that follow UFC know who Sean O'Malley is. Huge. In Montana, a lot of people are like, huh, there's a guy from Montana fighting in the UFC. Like, I think people think it's cool, but it's kind of like underexposed. It's sort of ironic. Right. And that's kind of what we've been talking about, too, is like, I don't think people quite realize going in this fight, Sean O'Malley's superstar, and then him winning just took him to another level. For sure. I mean, I would argue he's top three in the UFC right now. Conor McGregor will always be one, whether he's fighting or not. And then you could yeah. argue him and Israel Adesanya are kind of the next two, three. Um, but he, yeah, he's just, like you mentioned, he left. Um, doesn't talk about Montana a ton. I know they come back a lot. Him and Tim Welch of Great Falls do. Totally. But I think that also plays a factor into it a little bit is that if I think they talked about it more, but then, yeah, because then you have your Troy Anderson's and your Will Disley's who do talk about Just Montana. Like love it. Right. Right. For sure. And so like, you know, and he's the NFL guys are going to be the other guys who are like up there. Right. And then, but him winning a UFC title, I think, especially the way the sport has blown up over the last five years is that next level superstardom. I mean, he's got. Three, I think he was at 2.9 million Instagram followers when we got there. He's at like three and a half now. Like <laughs> right. it's just people from Montana aren't getting that. <laughs> you know and, I mean? and that's the point is the guy is he's new age famous. I mean, For he's, sure. t- he's TikTok famous. He's Instagram famous. Influencer. Yep. Influencer. I think that escapes a lot of small town Montana people. I think that's a great thing that it escapes a lot of small town Montana people. Uh, but make no mistake. Th- there's a lot of people that have risen to fame lately in sports because of their image, like Sean O'Malley, but then they also don't really have any skill to back it up. Like, Jake Paul has this all-image and, like, sort of kind of a good fighter, but he doesn't really actually box anybody that's a boxer and yada, yada, yada. There's multiple examples. That's why I think O'Malley has such huge staying power. For sure, yeah. Because he's also an elite fighter, and the way he beats you up is the easiest thing for people to understand. He's right. the best knockout guy of any little guy that we got going and fighting right now. Right. Everybody can understand that, right? Right, yeah. And he's just, you know, and he backs up everything he's done because the thing is, it's one thing in fight sports is if you're talking and talking and talking, and, and then, or a guy like him who's been kind of pushed by the UFC since he got in there, like he's been kind of a promotional favorite, he keeps passing every single test. If he wasn't, he'd take a step back, but the thing is, is he keeps winning, and that's right. why he keeps growing. Yeah, he keeps winning, he keeps knocking people out, and then he keeps talking smack. Last thing about this, because we do want to talk some Big Sky Conference football here, but um, I thought actually one of the craziest and most striking moments of this, and I rewatched it like five times because it was right. only seven minutes long. So <laughs> everybody that came over to my house was like, oh, you got to watch this with me again because the pay-per-view can redo it. Um, 
his state right after he knocked him out, though. Yeah. Everybody's going crazy. And O'Malley is just, he's in this, like, otherworldly daze. He's, like, on a different planet. You talk about, like, reaching a, a level of mental focus and transcendence. It's great. And then he snapped back to being, you know, sort of the class clown and talking smack. But his level of how lucid he was, it was crazy to watch. Did you see that from just being ringside? I could, yeah. So basically the way our media access worked at the UFC event, just to peel back the curtain a little bit, is we weren't allowed to shoot highlights of the actual fight, but everything in between or after the bell and before the bell we were. Sure. So for And then me, you got to get the fight highlights from them. Correct. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And you pull it from them and they send you highlights and photos and all those things. And the nice thing was, so for me, I'm just sitting there with my phone at the ready for the minute the round stops to start shooting any video of anything, him. Anything, right. You know, just to have something because we also can't use our uh, news station cameras. It has to only be on your phone. And so uh, the minute it's just, yeah, he comes circling around. He walks right by press row as he's doing kind of that Zen state, you know, and you see this, some guys with like a McGregor and Adesanya, they get a big, well, Adesanya, this last one, he had a huge reaction, but um, some of these like superstars, yeah, they hit the Zen state. They're staring. It's just no emotion. And And then there's the other ones like Khabib, who's like our feral at that moment. They're like truly animals. They just killed somebody. It's crazy. Yeah. No, and he just, I mean, it's just, you you got to imagine that moment and just, in his mind, he keeps proving people wrong. He talked about how he came in with an injury that he wasn't able to grapple for six weeks. But it's just that I don't think people quite understand, and like I definitely can't, is what that state has to feel like after you win something like that. The buildup. For sure. The hype. It's you and another human being stripped to the waist fighting in a loud arena. Everybody wants you to win, and then you do it. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> like that, I mean, I, you, that's, a, that's a level of high and probably adrenaline that uh, none of us will ever experience. No, 100%. It's why fighting is, remains the purest sport, and I, I love that you love it, and great job. Congratulations on getting to go cover it, because I'm sure it was at first a tough sell, but you guys did a great job. Thank it, you. It was fun following along, man. It was cool knowing that I knew some guys that were there to see this great montana moment join town pumps pump it up rewards plus program and never pay full price for fuel again save five cents on every gallon every day at any town pump across montana plus earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs stop in and pick up a rewards card download the pump it up rewards plus app today or visit townpump.com rewards to register and start saving Uh, Kyle Hanson from MTN KPAX here in Missoula joining us. Uh, okay, let's talk. Let's start there. You've been at KPAX for a while, but you guys got the big coup. You got the television contract for uh, not only Montana, Montana State, but Scripps, which owns KPAX and MTN, got the whole Big Sky Conference con- uh, contract. So pretty cool. You have sort of had this evolution in journalism. You started out as a sports writer like me, and then all of a sudden now you're a TV guy, and then you're shooting highlights, but you're on the news, you're anchoring. What was it like, though, transitioning last year and doing sideline stuff and, and kind of being like on live game production? It was completely different, and it's something I never in a million years would have thought I would have done. You <laughs> totally, know, when right? I was a newspaper reporter, it's just, it's especially when I was in college, just the idea of live TV and things like that scared the heck out of me. So it was, it, it was totally new. Um, it was it was exciting to get the games. It was just kind of there were so many unknowns with just how to do it because like outside of Sean Rainey, I don't really know anybody who's done sideline reporting. <laughs> For sure, you right? know what I mean. Like I don't really like. Well, and doing it in Missoula is a totally different thing too. Like people don't really understand. 
The sidelines at Washington Grizzly Stadium are tiny. They don't exist. Like, you don't even know, like, where <laughs> yeah. to stand. Like, I have covered Grizz games for 17 years. I've only been on the sidelines for a game once because they don't even let me go down there because right. it, it's so packed out, right? Right, yeah. And you're there, and so it's a lot of learning, and, like, I just don't really have, like, quote-unquote, like, mentors to, like, go to to talk about <laughs> totally, this. And right. So it was just really kind of, like, working with our, our production team. I had a lot of people in the business who kind of gave me some tips and things like that, and it ended up being very similar to just, like, kind of like a live hit during, like, the newscast. Sure. Is how I kind of viewed it and approached approached it and it was just a matter of my strength is going to be storytelling it's not going to be like analytical breakdown it's not going to be some of these other things so for me the pitch I would take to production meetings or like I would say is like hey I can give you features on Marcus Wellnell Adam Botkin any of these guys who like I could do throughout the year and maybe we can do hits and talk about that especially in like a blowout or find a way to tie that into a good game um, you know, we did stuff with like the little brown stein when they played Idaho here. Mm-hmm. So it was just a matter of like seeing what angles that I could find that is more uh, better for my skill set and just learning on the fly. And it was a ton of fun. I mean, I was the build up to the first game. It was just nerves, nerves, nerves all week. And then the day of the game, I remember feeling fr- pretty calm and it went well. And from there, it was just trying to, you know, keep things interesting and fresh and tell things that people want to hear about on both sides. Because, you know, while we're Montana heavy. There's people in Idaho watching, too. You know, oh, we, sure. we have script stations in San Luis Obispo and Denver and Phoenix. And so those games against some of these other teams are making air. So we have to find a way to give them some love, too. Well, and, and uh, last year, uh, a distinctly unique year in terms of the way that the, the season played out, too, just because Montana had, I mean, the, the hype's been building for a long time since Bobby Houck got back. And, and then last year, it seemed like not only were they embracing the hype, but they were, like, promoting the hype, too. Like, they also thought they were very good. And I think last year's Grizz team was good. And I think that's why the arc of their season, watching them blow teams out early and then watching it get derailed when uh, they lost to Idaho at home and then mm-hmm. watching it unravel. And then you're sitting here thinking, is this team actually going to like miss the playoffs? And then they you know, get destroyed in Bozeman. You're like, well, that was as lackluster of a finish as you could think of. For this season, but then they get back on track and they win a playoff game, and then they're competitive against uh, North Coast State and Fargo. But I mean, last year I thought was one of the strangest Grizz seasons I've ever covered. What was it like just being on the sidelines and covering it? I would echo that. It, it was very strange because it's just all there. You looked at their schedule going into last year, and you're like, okay, they have four challenging games. Everything right. else will be should be fairly easy. I think some people looked at the South Dakota game as like, well, maybe that'll have like a little bit of um, competition and it did at points, especially in the second half. But you looked at Idaho, Sac, Weber, and the Cats. That's and right. they're either going to go 4-0 and or 0-4 or somewhere in between. They ultimately went 0-4 in those games. And so it was bizarre because uh, they were in the Weber State game. For sure. Um, Sac State, there's the catch that the guy's foot was out of bounds. Yep. You know, that changed. I mean, what the Grizz were leading at that point, that was a fourth down conversion. So who knows how that goes if that ch- if that call is different. Um, Idaho beat them, you know, just yep. plain and simple. And so did the Cats. And so it was so bizarre because a couple of these games they were in. And who knows, then if you beat Weber and Sack, maybe you're a first round bye. But they're not. So here's this roster that I agree with you. I thought they were pretty good. They had the most NFL talent they've had in a while on that team. And they just couldn't get it done in the bigger games against better teams. And that affected it because who knows if when you're in a bye, maybe you're not playing North Dakota state in, totally. the, in some of those rounds. And maybe you see them in the semifinals instead. And maybe it's a different atmosphere. So it was, a, it was a weird year. It was an entertaining year. Um, I, 
prefer it when they play good teams. I just get kind of tired sometimes of watching the games of the blowout games. Gosh. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just such a struggle. You know, when a, especially when they're at home because they just are so relentless. And it, it, it's not a, a knock on the Grizz at no, all. No, that's just the style they play. But sometimes teams just get eaten alive in Missoula. Right, they can't handle it. And it, it is hard to cover like a forty-seven to nothing game like in right. the opener last year. And I remember we were texting. I think a bunch of us in the media during the Eastern Washington game last year. It was twenty-one to nothing after five minutes. Right, we were like, can we just have a gentleman's hand? shake and call this because it totally. was 20 degrees outside. I was right. like, no one wants to be here. Right. Like, It's so cold. And so it's games like that. I like it when they're competitive games because the games mean more. It shows yeah. you how good the Grizz actually are because you know, some of those games, as you saw, like when you beat Northwestern State by 47, it's kind of like, right. but I've never heard of this school until today. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was a fascinating year, but a, a ton of fun to cover and be on the sidelines for. What was your favorite story last year? Favorite story, like with a player or with the team? Just any of them. You, you were on the Adam Bakken train for a little while. I was. I mean, he's – talk about a guy that, like, made himself – Way more famous than the Montana bubble would ever allow. Yeah, I mean, you could throw him into like that, that not at a smaller scale, the Sean O'Malley type thing. For where sure. I mean, the guy has guy. like hundreds of thousands of followers right. on Instagram and stuff. You know, and I'd talk to other people and be like, you know, Adam Botkin will probably not play football after cut the college level, but the kid's going to be a millionaire in probably five years due to influencing in YouTube. Right. And so, and that's an interesting character to me because it's like, well, that's the new wave of celebrity. You know, totally. and that's the where a lot of these athletes who maybe don't have a career are now going to pivot to doing. And so he was, you know, he was a fascinating interview, you know, local guy from Frenchtown, which was cool. And I've covered him before and he was always really nice. And um, so he was always interesting. You know, um, for me, the most interesting story, you know, it just I don't want to make it about me, but like it was interesting that like. I've just covered Pat O'Connell, Marcus Wellno, Mitch Roberts for like six, seven years. Since they're in high school. Right. And yeah. so this was, it was just kind of fun watching their trajectories, you know, seeing Marcus yeah. get the 37, yeah. seeing Pat now with the Seahawks. Like, it's just kind of cool. Like now that I'm kind of in that point in my career that other guys have now experienced where it's like, you know, I saw this kid when he was a senior in high school. I interviewed Marcus Wellno after the Badlands Bowl and here he is now he's the 37, totally. you know? So I always like things like that. Um, you know, and they just had a good collection of players that were fun to watch and, you know, see him play. So that was probably up there. And, you know, uh, and then I guess, uh, you know, another one was just that snow game. I mean, you can't top the Cal, that snow game. The Cal game. Poly game. Yeah. yeah. When Cal Poly, de- they also wanted a gentleman's handshake yes. to go home. <laughs> yes, they did. Those poor guys. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Kyle Hansen from uh, MTN joining us here on the Big Sky Breakdown. We, we, uh, we're we always critical of, of uh, stuff that needs to be critical of. And, and last year's Grizz season was certainly – uh, disappointing for everybody involved, but it's worth noting that those guys were uh, they're a great group. Like in terms of what we do mm-hmm. and interviewing them, and stuff, I mean Patrick O'Connell is the man. I he mean, is. He, he's yeah. just so cool to hang out with and talk to you all the time. Justin yep. Ford is awesome. Yep. Matt, Marcus Wellno is great. I mean, they have a good group of guys. Yep. So Mitch much, Roberts was on my flight from Denver to right, here after totally. Boston. Talked to him for twenty minutes. Oh, yeah. Got engaged. Congrats to him. Yeah, congrats to him. Uh, he's been playing some golf and seeing him out the golf course. So that he'll probably be good, better than me in uh, no time. <laughs> uh, how about this year though? You've been uh, you've been going out to practice. I've only made it out to four practices. Uh, the timing is just terrible because we go live on my ESPN show at four o'clock, and so right. two thirty. I, I get to see a lot of stretching, but just going over there to see stretching and then having to drive over here is not. Not necessarily the best, but uh, what what have you noticed that's different, or what have you seen so far? Well, it's it's it, it kind of feels like similar to each and every single year. Um, I mean, honestly, like the biggest thing is just kind of looking at the team and seeing a lot of the familiar faces gone because the last two years it was they pretty much turned over the same team aside from losing a couple guys right. from twenty one to twenty two. So you see all these guys like you're seeing like your Tyler Flanks out there who's now going to be a starter. You see. 
Um, you know, Kale Edwards is now kind of cracking some of those rotations. You see Trevin Gradney, as you guys yeah. did a story on recently. Yeah. Like, yeah. So you're starting to see some of those guys kind of crack in. Um, you know, the thing that stands out is like, it's kind of like last year, you know, I think this team, they you look at them and you think they could be good. It's just a matter of what's going to happen when they play some of these better teams. You know, and right. it's a similar schedule where they have a sack, a Davis, an Idaho, and the Cats. So you have four games that are like realistically competitive, you know, yes. and I'm not knocking the other teams. I'm just assuming sure. based off of sure. history. And so... But like Northern Colorado and Idaho State, first-year head coaches coming to Missoula. I mean, right. You the, know, I mean... There's not a lot of variability to the outcomes of those games. Right. And I know a lot of people are high on Fair State, but I'm also like, guys, it is a Division two school. Sure. Like on paper, they should beat them by 30. And so... It's so it's just a matter of who could be good. But like, you know, like things have looked, you know, competitive. Things have looked good at, at practice. You know, I've, I've missed most of last week, too, because I was in Boston. Sure. But it's just like every time I'm out there, you know, you do look at some of the guys that bring back and it just looks like a solid core. There's not really stars where sure. like the last couple of years there kind of was. That might be better for the Grizz. Though. It could be. Yeah. yeah. You know, and guys who have to now prove it. And yeah. that's when you pull it, the better, their better selves out of them. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, Bobby Houck loves no-star systems. Not having a star is actually a good thing for Coach Houck and his mentality, for sure. Right. The Grizz are also – I've said this for a couple of years now. I, I, and, again, I get to go to only limited amounts of practice. But um, they're hard to analyze by watching them practice. Mm-hmm. Because like practice, discipline, and football fundamentals, and going hard and being physically fit are are far from any of the things that are issues for them, right? right? Like their lack of flexibility within the scheme and their lack of a, you know ability to sort of attack specific matchups outside of the systems that they run. Those are their flaws. They are. I think this is the big disconnect for Coach Houck. He always says, "I asked him on the first day of camp. I said, how's this team going to be different than the teams in the past?'" He said, "It's not." We're going to be disciplined, hardworking, love playing football. We're going to hit you, play defense. We're going to be tough. I totally believe that every co- every team that Coach Alk ever coaches will be like that. I do. Right. <laughs> At what point is that not enough, though? I think that's the deal. But watching the Grizz practice, it's hard to gauge like their strengths and weaknesses because they the way they practice is very impressive. I mean, they go so hard and they are so physically fit during the hottest time of the day, too. Oh yeah. And, you know, it's it's funny because. The one thing I've noticed over the last few years watching Grizz football is that, you know, whether the offense struggles in the season or not, if you should see the Grizz offense in practice, because I don't know if I've ever seen the Grizz offense have a good practice <laughs> because the defense always knows what's oh. coming. And so they're always set up for failure. I mean, last year's during the height of fall camp, the how bad the defense was beating the offense daily. Oh. You're like, well, I, you know, wonder Chris Brown doesn't have any confidence when he goes into right. games. He's just getting beat like a drum during practice all every single right. day. You know, they run these five-yard curls, and that's the only <laughs> passes they complete. And it's just like, or these little halfback, you know, out of the backfield passes. And so um, you watch that, and you're just like, well, yeah, the defense is going to look good, but then the offense is just getting pounded, Yeah, you know. But so it's looked good. I mean, you have some of your guys that are kind of like standing out, and like your questions were like the receiving room. Like, is sure. Ryan Simpson and Nick Williams going to kind of blow up now, or are either of them going to kind of stick it? Stay to the next spot, you know, quarterback, you know, that's yeah. that, it always it's always going to come back to that. What have you thought of the quarterback so far? Well, honestly, I liked all three of them. It's kind of funny because like McDowell came in as like this guy who's going to run. But I mean, he's thrown some dimes at practice. And, you know, and you can see that obviously his strength is his athleticism for sure. And his you size. Know. He's so big. Right. Yeah. And he's and of the three. He's, you know, probably like the least effective passer. Sure. But then you look at like, but he's six four two thirty, so that right and fast. That's gonna get you on the field for, for sure. sure. Yeah. yeah, you know, and like then you know, Vidlak has looked sharp. You know, I think obviously he's probably the favorite for the job right now, but he's looked sharp. But he also has his moments, you know. And then Chris, I mean, he's just 
he just feels consistent, I guess. You know what I mean? Or like, or consistent, but also like obviously has his drawbacks too, where he's still trying to grow. And so he's so fascinating to watch because when you watch him doing just the individual stuff, you're like, well, that's Carson Wentz. Right. I mean, he throws the ball through the net. I mean, yeah. he's got his arm strength is unbelievable. Yep. He spins it like nobody else on the team. His frame is perfect. His, I mean, he's good look. I mean, he's as good looking of an athlete as you can find. Yeah. And then as they, you know, then he's done seven on seven. You're like, he's pretty good. And then he get they get to eleven on eleven, and he's just checks out every single. It's so interesting. Yeah. But I, I guess what I'm saying though is I get why the Grizz have kept him around because if it ever clicks for him. The stuff you can't teach, he's got in spades. Right, for sure. Yeah, and he's always and he's a guy at this point. Like you just want to have depth because, as you guys have talked about, it just the quarterback somehow they always find to get a way to get hurt, and so I you mean, need that. It's, I Riley mean, that, that's saying, crazy. Riley Corker, voice of the Grizz, was saying on his podcast the other day. This is a crazy stat. They have only had one quarterback that made it through the whole season without missing a game with an injury in the last eleven years. That's incredible. It's insane. I mean, talk about. Bad luck, <laughs> right? You know what I mean. Right. Like it's crazy. Um, you know, Vid, I, I've I've been impressed with Vidlack ever since the spring game. I just I like the way he throws the ball. I think he's composed. I think he's always looking downfield, which is what they were missing last year. For you sure. know, even with Lucas Johnson, who was a gr- another great athlete. Yeah, but they weren't throwing it downfield. And I just feel like Vidlack's eyes are always kind of looking at that. He stays in the pocket. Not a big guy. So it's kind of a, a credit to him for staying in there, you know, because he's probably going to get hit at some point. He does have a good offensive line with a lot of returners back. So I like the way he does it and the way that offense looks. It's I, I think if he clicks and they let the offense loose a little bit, they could be pretty good this year. But will they let the offense loose? That's my whole key to the season. I think that if they can accept the fact that they're going to always be good on defense, but to win games, they're going to have to be a lead on offense, mm-hmm. that they could be very good. They, they just have a head coach that has a hard time accepting those sorts of things. Right. Because Bobby Houck has a very defined formula for winning games. And who's to tell him it's wrong? He's won 100-something games over his time in Montana. Right. And they, they are, you know, the one thing I just, I wish they would just take more risks. No, you for know sure. what I mean? Because I just, you always hear him talk about it. And I, and I get it. And I, I don't think they're wrong where they talk about how, like, turnovers are sometimes the biggest barometer for a win and a loss. Yeah. But you have to take a risk at some point and not be well, so scared to turn the ball Especially over. when you have the athletes that they have. Yeah, like for you, sure. You take a risk to throw the ball up the seam to Aaron Fonts, and, you know, okay, maybe you throw a pick, but also maybe you score a 65-yard touchdown. And that's why for you sure. have that guy on your team, right? Right, yes. Yeah, and, like, or every time a guy fumbles, you can't just yank him. Like, it happens. You know what I mean? <laughs> or things like that. Like, or last year, you know, you always made a great point of just, like, just put the ball in Malik Flowers' hands. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, right. whether you hand it off to him or just get it to him, like, on a sweep or something. I, I was reading your guys' story on Flowers signing with the Seahawks on MontanaSports.com. I don't know if you wrote it or somebody else wrote it, but uh, looking at his career statistics, you're like, how did they only get the guy this this guy the ball that many times? Right. Okay, you can't catch if you, or whatever. You say whatever you want. Just hand him the ball. Right. The fastest guy in the whole country. Just yeah. hand him the ball. Just put it in his hands somehow. <laughs> like just, and I mean, you brought that up last year during camp. You're just like, run him up the middle. You know what I mean? Just let him play, let him play halfback. And so, yeah, right. you know, it's just uh, the offense is the biggest question mark. I think the defense will be good. I will be curious. Like some of these new guys who are kind of filling in. Like yeah. uh, the D line's a question mark right now. I For think sure. you know outside of Governor. And, um, and Bobby Houck says it's not. And I, so I think that that means they're high internally on some of the other guys. I really think that they really like Hayden Harris. Yeah. Coach Houck said on Riley's podcast that he thinks that Noah Cashmitter was the MVP of the offseason. That's huge if, if a small-town kid from Grangeville, Idaho, can rise up and be a contributor. Right. They need another guy behind Gubner because Gubner is a beast. He's one of the best players in the conference, but he needs somebody to spell him because big man can't play every down, right? right? And uh, 
I, I think they like some of the other guys they brought in up front as well. So uh, we'll see. I think Monty is always going to be really good on defense. I think I think I think they're always going to be one of, if not the best, in the league on special teams. So I totally agree with you. I think it all comes down to do they let it rip on offense? Yeah, and they have the the weapons to do it for I sure. Think. Anybody that individually that stood out to you on either side of the ball, like young guys or maybe unknown names. I really like the Gilman kid. The couple times I've got to watch, he's just so physically mature. You, you can look tell at, he's you, a favorite. I mean, you can totally tell. Well, and how could he not be? You look right. at him and you're like, "Well, are you 30 years old? Like this guy is. He does not look like a 19 year old kid in any way. You know, he's got his big old mustache, and he, I mean, he's 210 pounds as a running back already. So. Uh, I thought he flashed for sure. Yeah, I the one I mean, my biggest one for like the last couple of years has been kind of waiting for Ryan Simpson to break out yeah. a little bit. And I yep. just with hit with that size and frame. I mean, you're not pulling kids who are six, six out of Montana right. every day. And like he's a good athlete. His problem in the past has been drops. And I think watching him play in practice, he's been a little bit better hanging on to it. Between him and Nick Williams, they both kind of drop the ball a little too much. And I think Simpson has kind of corrected that a little bit. So can he now be that big wideout? Because I I don't know if you've noticed, but they've been running Keelan White on the outside. Right. You know, and he's been a slot guy the last couple of years. And so it's like you want that six foot six guy on the outside who can just be just throw the ball up and let him go get it. And so. You know, for him on the offense, and then you know, you the, uh, we talked about him earlier, but Trevin Gradney on defense. Like, yeah. I just I'm excited to see him put in a role where he gets to play corner more. You know, because he's been obviously been incredible on special teams. The kid works his butt off. I've, another kid I've covered since he was a sophomore in high school. Yep. And so he, I want to see him like kind of put in that role and see what he can do. But some of the younger guys, you know, who another guy that kind of stands out who'll be kind of a backup at safety is Jackson Lee. For sure, I think, I think he's looked great. Um, and I know he's. One of these guys that was a highly touted recruit coming out of Sentinel and then obviously uh, Flint Creek before that. So now that he's maybe going to see the field a bit, what's he going to do in that role? Because great athlete, Jace Klusiewicz at corner. What, 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 totally. what are some of these guys going to start doing who are just phenomenal athletes for Montana kids? And how are they going to take that next step? There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. The other uh, spot that I think it's a huge position of need, first of all, because Cole Grossman's out and Peyton Brammer uh, and Joey Elwell both left the program is a tight end spot. But I've also been just captivated watching just that group, especially when they're doing individuals, because, I mean, my God, how many big dudes can you possibly have? Both the JC transfers are like 6'5", 255 pounds. Yeah. The, the Shaver kid might be 270. Right. I mean, he's as big of a – and then Jake Olson's out there 6'7", 265. Right. There's nobody that has size like that. But then you're also analyzing them, and you're like, well, if you have all these 6'5", 270-pound guys, are they slow? Can they catch? Does it matter? Right. Do they run two tight end sets and just try to blow people off the ball, like extra offensive linemen? I don't know. I think the tight ends are going to have a bigger influence on this whole thing than anybody's given them credit for. That's an interesting point because you look at Eric Barker, who's probably the assumed starter, and right. he what is he does he have five catches to his career? No, I mean, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, he came on the he came on the ESPN radio show earlier this week, and you know, I was trying to ask him about key moments. I'm like, I never, I don't actually remember you ever touching the ball. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think he he had the touchdown against Western Illinois in he 2021. Did. He did. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't remember catch, him catching a pass last year. You know, and he's 
like you mentioned, huge. <laughs> you For know sure. what I mean? Like if he was playing offensive guard, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, but he, so what's he going to do or like, what's his role going to be? Because obviously Grossman was the athlete and Barker was kind of in there to help block and stuff like that, as was Elwell. So now are they going to try and get him the ball more? How, like, what is his athleticism? Cause I don't know his background, but I, I for some reason in my mind, I have, he was also a high school quarterback at some point. Yeah. I don't know if you know his background. I could be making that up, but he just seems like another one of these guys who was just an athlete. And then they got him here. was like, you're big. Let's play tight end. Yeah, totally. Blackfoot Communications is excited to announce new voice services for small businesses in Missoula. Paired with our internet services, business Wi-Fi, and technical support, your business can stay connected to your employees, customers, and communities around the clock. Sign up for services in less than two minutes at goblackfoot.com slash more than voice. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications is the official digital sponsor of Grizzly Athletics. Uh, big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. Uh, a couple more for you. Any, any specific thoughts about the Big Sky? I think that the Big Sky Conference is as stratified as it can be. I think there's six teams that make the playoffs and six teams that uh, there's zero chance they're going to make the playoffs. I think you're 100% right. And I think that there'll be five out of those six teams will make it. So I think the battle between the top six is for five spots. And yep. I think that no one else is involved in it. Yep, and I think there this could be a realistic situation where – I believe it was 2019 when the Big Sky had three buys. Is that yep, right? Three yep, or four? And yep. this could be another one of these years when you look at Montana State, Idaho. Um, Davis and Sack are a little bit of unknowns, but like I personally am a little high on those teams. I think both of them are going to be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Weber with the new coach, you would just assume they're going to be good because they always are. And then the Grizz. Totally. Right. You know, and so it's like, and then the Grizz, same thing. If the Grizz with their schedule, if they go two and two in those four challenging games where you're nine and two and you are realistically potentially looking at a seed, especially if they're competitive games. And so I think the big sky, yeah, it's very top heavy for sure. Um, You know, the the, you might have a couple of teams that kind of make a little bit of noise throughout the year. Like I am kind of curious to see how Northern Colorado does with Ed Lamb as a coach who's had success at Southern Utah and turned their program around. Right. You know, Northern Colorado looks like a program that might never be turned around, but you brought in a guy who, who did it before. So, you know, it'll be interested with some of those programs, but you know, I think the league's very good. I think it's gonna make for a lot of exciting games. Love that Idaho and the cats are playing this year. You know, it just, you want to see the best teams playing each other every year. It's too bad. The Grizz aren't playing Weber, but they see everybody else. So it'll be sweet. Yeah. The Grizz uh, and the cats definitely have stacked up schedules. Weber's got the easiest schedule because they open with the cats, but then they don't have to play Davis. They don't have to play the Grizz. So that's a huge boon for them. I think they might miss Idaho too. Yeah. Um, So the schedule always plays a huge influence in it. Uh, I last thing for you then the the cats they are the undisputed favorites and I deservedly so mm-hmm. but they also have the the toughest schedule in the country I mean, they have to play five road games against top fifteen teams can they endure I think so I think so too yeah I do too I'm and I think we talked about this last year but like I was a little surprised at last year's Bobcat team making the semifinals not because I didn't think they couldn't do it but because I thought their team was geared for a run this season in 2023 sure, right, like you right. looked at their rosters their front seven on or most of their front seven on defense they're all their offensive line they're all you, sophomores they were all, yeah you're like I was like okay so these are all and they're all dudes as they're, sophomores right, right you know and so I was like all right so they're gonna have all their fronts back of dudes of tremendous players. Yeah. Then you, then, you know, Tommy Malott just keeps getting better and better. Yeah. And he, and then Sean Chambers acclimated well. So it's like, now you have two quarterbacks like Sac State's done the last few years who yep. are both dynamic guys. Yeah. And then 
I just I think they're poised for it. I think their coaching is unbelievable. I think the Cats can do it. They are not done any favors. You know, the only game I'm a little like it'll be interesting with is like while I, on paper they probably are better than the Grizz. I the last three years in the Brawl of the Wild, I've picked the road team to win, and the road team got blown out. For sure. So I'm like, I just don't know if the road team well, has any luck in this game and, anymore. <laughs> and this rivalry game in Missoula this year is is going to be. It's going to be filled with as much vitriol as any we've ever covered. Yes. I mean, Bobby Houck's in a contract year, man. Yeah. You can't get blown out at home. You can't get beat at home by the yeah. Cats. You can't. You, you, Montana State has won five out of six in the rivalry. Yep. Coach Houck beat the pants off the Cats the whole first round he was here. Yep. Now, if he was to lose the for the fourth out of five times in his time back. At home. At home. Yeah. After last year's disappointment, that's a, that's a program-altering loss if that happens. Yep. I think Grizz fans are well aware of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason they – Grizz football is a great experience, and, and game days are really fun. There's a reason they sold the, a season rec- record season ticket holders. Right, yeah. Everybody yeah. wants those ta- cat game tickets. People are willing to pay $250 for season tickets because they want to go to one game. Right. And uh, I think that's going to make the atmosphere insane. I mean, and, and I think that there's going to be so much pressure on both sides in this game. So, you know, it's going to be fascinating. I can't wait. I, I can't wait, and I think – what Montana State could be point, poised for could be very special. And yes, I think it I could agree. be cool because I think not only kind of like Montana was last year. I mean, if Montana had won all their games last year as the number three team in the country, that was a team that should have been a one or two seed in the playoffs. That's right. The Cats are now seeing that this season. Yep. It's like you're not only are you faced with this, you have a chance to prove it. Everybody thinks you're good, but if you prove it, it's going to go down as this incredible thing of like, no, they not only were they hyped preseason, but they deserved and earned all this because they beat all these teams, you know, That's I mean, right. kicking the season off or the second game of the year with South Dakota State is just nasty, man. For I mean, sure. that is crazy. And so then you get Idaho, the Grizz, all these other. So but I think they can do it. I think this is the year, you know, for them. I just it feel it feels like it. But, you know, we'll find out in a couple weeks. Well, and that's the thing for the Grizz that could be so impactful, too. Let's say the Cats do navigate this gauntlet mm-hmm. and they're nine and one coming into Washington Grizzly Stadium. They might be the number one team in the country. Right. Then you beat that team if you're the Grizz. Right. Bo, I mean, you've just completely re-altered everything, and now RTD is back, and yada, yada, yada. Right. So, uh, last one for you. Over or under eight wins for the Grizz going into Cat Grizz weekend? Oh, man, that's a good I, I think that's right where it's at, right? Yeah. Like, I think if they play their cards right, they could be eight and two or even as good as nine and one. But there's also some pitfalls there, and they could be seven and three and really need that game to, sure. to get in the playoffs. So, you're, you're saying over or under eight and a half? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Eight. I, I would probably take the under because I'd probably say maybe they're eight and two because yeah. I feel like that would, that would be my guess because of those difficult games, I feel like they're going to split, you know, again, yes. the, the biggest question is how are sack and Davis real, right? You know what I mean? And, and can Idaho handle the hype? Correct. Yes. And so I, I, that game at Idaho is going to be brutal. So I think that's going to be a huge challenge. And then it's going to be a matter of, do they take care of sack and Davis? You would think here against sack, they'd be okay, but I, I feel like Sack might be better than Davis. So part of me is like, well, yeah. I feel like Sack State because like talking to Andy Thompson, they bring a ton of guys back, a lot more than people realize. For sure. And they, they lost their headliners, but they bring all the rest of them back. Right. I th- yeah. What is it? I think four of their five starting O-linemen are back. I mean, yeah, they all have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Marcus Fulcher is going to be a great back. People right. just don't know about him because they just knew about Scadaboo last year. But right. Fulcher will be good. I mean, they, they have a lot of talent. For sure. And so it's going to be a matter of those. I just, you know, if and if last year is indicative of anything, maybe they lose one of those games and they're eight and two going to the brawl. Yep. But you know, we're talking about the hype for the cats. I think one of the things maybe playing to the Grizz 
advantage this year is they're kind of under the radar a little bit. And there's never been a Bobby Hout coach team that was under the radar. Right. And they should kind of lean into that a little bit because sure. people are like, well, we had this eight and five season a year ago. We failed, we failed expectations. But this year, you look at their schedule, you look at their roster, you're like, they could be nine and one going into the no, brawl. No question. You know? yeah. And it's like, they could be a good team. They could be a buy team this year. Yep. Will they do? It's the question, but like they should embrace the fact that like, Hey, no one expects us to be good. Let's just go prove it. Yeah. Cal Hudson, MTN. You can find him on the sidelines all season long for Grizz games, both home and away. Thanks for being here, buddy. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. Skyline sports, MT.com. Big Sky breakdown more right after this. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana state and big sky conference athletics from a homegrown local source. You can count on Skyline sports. Sports. The grassroots news gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season.